now it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Your ears do not deceive you. We don't care about ratings because our sole purpose is to save souls. On purpose. Find more episodes and syndication choices at witnesstalkradio.org. And while you're there, tell us how you like the show. We've recently passed the one-year anniversary of the Michael Brown shooting in Ferguson, Missouri. This event has sparked countless protests and even started the Black Lives Matter movement, hashtag Black Lives Matter. While in New York City with Christian Collegian Network, I came across a Black Lives Matter rally that was commemorating the anniversary of Michael Brown's death. So I decided to engage one of the protesters. You're listening to Witness Radio. So, Julie, why we're, we're here in Union Square in New York City. Why are you here, though? Tell, tell the listeners why you are here. Well, I'm here specifically because of Michael Brown and all of the others, uh, all of the other names that are being called uh, over at the display, you know, people that have been killed in recent years. I mean, primarily today because it's the anniversary of his death, but also uh, all of the other people that have been killed. And and as my son says, uh, from uh, Ferguson to Gaza, you know, it, you know, injustices wherever they may be. Yeah. Uh, just for clarification for the listeners that may not understand, uh, people who have been killed by police officers, correct? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm hearing names that even go back. Uh, I just heard, um, I think it was uh, Mr. Hayward who was killed several years ago in a housing project. Uh, He had called, they had placed a call, and uh, the police got there and didn't even, I meant, he he tried to cancel the call. But, you know, there's such disrespect sometimes in black communities that they don't even, you know, after calling, they didn't give him the opportunity even to explain. You know, so it's just um, disrespect of lives. That, that's a horrible thing that, that uh, you know, some people don't take other people's lives seriously or, or valuable. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we, we're, we're seeing that a lot, uh, particularly here in America. A lot of uh, lives are, are being snuffed out or are being taken uh, because their value is not seen. Right. I, oh, I agree. And that's that's why I'm out here <laughs> with the sign. <laughs> yeah. So now, let me ask you this. Julie, right? Julie, uh, what do you think happens to someone once their life is taken from them? What do you think happens to them when they die? When they die... I, well, you know, if, if as a Christian, I believe there is an afterlife. Of course, I, I can't give a firsthand uh, knowledge of that. But but there's but I do say that. But I do believe and know that their spirit lives on. So, yeah. So you you say you're a Christian? No, uh, Christians they believe in heaven and hell, right? Well, yeah. I mean, but of course we have no evidence, so it's. You know, it's it's a, it's strictly a belief. But as far as the people that are no longer here, I do believe their their spirit continues to be with us. You know. So now, do you think? Well, let me ask this: 
do, do you, you believe in heaven and hell? I do. What does someone have to do to get to heaven? Well, I, I believe in heaven and hell, but I also think it's not, it, it's not something that I have a fixed uh, picture of in my mind. And, and, and I also believe that heaven or hell can be here on earth. So I can't really describe to you, because I don't really even, I try not to picture, uh, to picture heaven in a certain way. And I, tr- I try to live as though my heaven and hell are here on earth. So, but that's just my personal belief. So, uh, keeping it a little personal, so you believe heaven and hell is kind of here on earth, but Julie, when, when you die, where will you go, heaven, heaven or hell? And if you could explain why you believe that way. I would hopefully go to heaven, but, um, but I have no evidence. Uh, as the scripture says, it's, the, uh, it's not something that you can see. You know, it, you, know you, you totally believe it, but you, you can't see it and you can't talk to anybody that's experienced it. So that's why I, I try to live as though I try to think forward, but live today. You know. Okay. Yeah. So, Julie, I, I don't know if you could tell by my hat here, but uh, I, I'm also a, a Christian, and, and this is a Christian radio broadcast. Um, and one of the things I do with with the radio show is I go out and I talk to people about current events, and I share the gospel with them. And then with, with, when I come across a Christian, uh, I, I kind of ask them about Christian things and, and maybe uh, help to firm them up in, in their faith a little bit. So uh, before I continue, uh, Julie, I, I said that I, I share the gospel with people. Could, would you be able to tell me what the gospel is according to the Bible? I don't know that I could give you a succinct uh, answer other than just the good news of living a good life. <laughs> the good news, life, I would say. Okay. So, good news of living a good life or or a faithful life. Okay. I mean, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. you know? okay. Now, I'm not trying to offend you by this question, but I, I sincerely want your your opinion on it. What if I were to tell you that that's not what the gospel is? Well, you might have a different opinion, as, you know, everybody does have their own opinion, you know. Uh, so would you mind if I shared with you what, what my opinion of the gospel is real quick? Uh-uh. No, I wouldn't mind. So, Julie, according to the Bible, it says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Basically, that means that there are no good people no one lives a good life, but we're all uh, sinful or sinners. Uh, I know that scripture, and I would agree with that, yeah. Now, that's not the gospel. This is just the, the precursor to get to the gospel. Uh, but, you know, we, we can verify that we've all sinned if we just take an example of some of God's laws, like do not lie, do not steal, uh, do not use God's name in vain or use his name like a curse word. You know, pretty much everybody can ad- admit I'm guilty. I've broken at least one of those, right? Sure. I agree. So now, when I 
talk about that and I share with them about that, a lot of times people don't understand what the big deal is, you know, that they've, that they've broken God's laws. But you see, then I share with them what the punishment is according to the Bible. It says in Revelation that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. And in 1 Corinthians it says no thief will inherit the kingdom of God. And in Exodus it says God will not hold you guiltless for taking his name in vain. So if you've ever lied or stolen or used God's name like a curse word, the Bible says your punishment should be an eternity in hell. Now do you think that would concern people? I think it would. But I also do not take the Bible totally, literally, word for word. God did not dictate the Bible and send it down by facts, so I think there's some leeway there. So, you know. Uh oh. She doesn't take the Bible literally. How should I respond to this? Find out after the break. If you want to grow in your understanding of God's Word and learn to study the Bible for yourself, join Pastor Andrew Rappaport as he teaches each week from the Word of God. The teaching is free through the Internet, but paid students receive a syllabus for each course with extra study materials. The cost is only $50 per year with special pricing for church groups. And you get to choose from the School of Biblical Hermeneutics or the School of Systematic Theology. Sign up today for Striving for Eternity Academy. Details at strivingforeternity.org. Cannibalism is okay as long as you're not actually hurting somebody. Wouldn't eating someone hurt them? I'm trying to do the best I can. There's only one way to have your sins forgiven. As born-again Christians, part of our duty is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or have never witnessed before, Witness Radio has something for you. Tune in next time to strengthen your faith and learn how to defend it. Go to witnesstalkradio.org. That's witnesstalkradio.org. So Julie thinks the Bible is made up, but which parts? She should examine the Bible to see if it's true, and examine her faith while she's at it. So let me ask, uh, before I continue and get to the gospel part, uh, what parts should we take literal, and what parts should we not take literal? I, I, I wouldn't try to divide it up in that way. As I mean, I don't think any of it can be taken totally literal, because it wasn't written by God. It was written by other people in different languages, many different languages. So I do not take it literally. So now I'm going to talk about that that good news part, or the gospel, which means good news. God sent Jesus Christ to the earth. He was fully God, fully man, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life. He never lied, never stole, never used God's name in vain. And then he died on the cross paying for the sins of mankind and then he rose again on the third day defeating death and hell see that's what the gospel is the fact that Jesus died and rose again paying for the sins of mankind and he says that if you want eternal life if you want to be forgiven of your sin if you want to escape hell and go to heaven you need to repent which means to turn from sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ alone and then God will forgive you. He'll give you eternal life. So now, let me ask this, Julie. Uh, of the good news there, do you think that any of it uh, is not literal or, or that we should take all of that literally? I don't think you can take it all literally. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
just just focusing on, on what I shared with you, the gospel, what what parts would you say we shouldn't take literally? Well, I, in, in terms of the total Bible, I don't think any of it can be taken totally literally. And that's just my feeling about it. While, while I've I'm familiar with the Bible. I've read. I've, I've I learned Bible verses as a child. I've listened to ministers all my life. But I still believe um, that it. Well, well, I know God didn't write it. And and as a human being, when other people are giving their interpretation, it, there's there there has to be error there. It's like it's like as a as as, as an old fashioned secretary that that took shorthand, and I know one word can one one symbol can be three different words depending on the context of the sentence. I believe that about the Bible that it's been interpreted by others from different languages, so it has to be. I think we can learn from it, but I don't think we can take it literally. So that's just my opinion, and, and we we might go in circles on that. So, you know. Well, no, I. I- and I understand that that's your interpretation. I was just trying to get like an example from you of something that you don't think we should take literally. I mean, I, I well, I, I, I don't want to give specifics because I don't think any of it can be taken strictly literal. Okay. Yeah, that's just my feeling. So let me ask you this, Julie. Um, if you don't think we can take any of it literally, how can anyone be saved? I think there are lessons to be learned from the Bible, from the stories, from the scriptures. But as far as the literalness of it, I do not buy into that. So when Jesus said that you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven, do you think we should take that literally? No. I'm going to say something to you that's going to be uh, hard-hitting, but I, I hope that you won't be offended by it. By saying that you don't think you should take Jesus' words literally, essentially, that's calling Jesus a liar. I don't see it that way, because I don't, I don't know that he said that, really. Someone else said that he said it. So you're not offending me, you know. But maybe you can find somebody else that might buy into that. So now, on the day of judgment, you know, after you die and you stand before God, and he judges your life, Julie, and you tell him, you know, I I didn't take your word literally. I I don't think you have to be born again. Tell him he's going to know. My life will speak for itself at that point. And what happens if, if he sends you to hell because you didn't take his word literally? Well, I have no way of knowing that because I have no real way of knowing if there is a hell. I would encourage you to, to uh, go online and, and look, uh, Google up the historicity of the Bible and you can see that it hasn't changed since it was written, and that you can take it literally. It wasn't written in English, was it? No, it wasn't. Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. But regardless of the fact that it's not in English. It's not, so it's not an exact, so, so we don't know what God really said. We have someone else's interpretation. 
from one from many languages. And, and while there may be uh, a loss in translation over minor things, like you know, you, you can't say that. They, there could be misinterpretation, mistranslations, minor and major. Well, li- listen to this. The Bible says that it is inspired by God. That God, God breathed it out, and that it is that it is true. He inspired the men who penned it out. It, it's like let me let me exactly. He inspired men. Yes. Let, let, let me put it to you this way. When you write a letter, you sit down and you write a letter. Do you write the letter or does the pen? I write the letter. So you said you write the letter, and that's what God did with the Bible. He wrote the Bible. He used men like pen. I do not buy into that at all. How can someone claim to be a Christian but not believe the Bible? Sadly, we're seeing more and more people just like Julie here in America, and specifically on the college campus where people think they're Christians just because they grew up in a Christian home, or because they live in America, or even because they don't follow any specific religion. If you don't believe me, you must be new to the program. It astounds me how biblically illiterate our nation has become. This is the fruit of man-centered preaching of a watered-down gospel in most of America's churches. Pastors, evangelists, missionaries, Christians, it's time to stand firmly on the Word of God and share the true gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll be right back. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? And say, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel, not only in the way that they live their lives, but how to speak to the campus community about the gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. Christian Collegiate Network, changeyourcampus.com. Ratings. We don't need no stupid ratings. You're listening to Witness Radio with Ryan Muriak. <coughs> but we like Ryan. <coughs> We do! Just go to witnesstalkradio.org. What do Jewish people believe? Or Muslims, a Mormon, or a Jehovah's Witness? If you've ever wondered, then the book, What Do They Believe?, is for you. From the differing views on God and Jesus to sin, salvation, and eternity, What Do They Believe? will help you get an accurate understanding of what other religions believe. What Do They Believe? by Andrew Rappaport. Available now on Kindle and at strivingforeternity.org. Before the break, I urge Christians to stand up and proclaim the gospel. Well, here's a few CCN missionaries doing just that while riding the subway in New York City. Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and 
to those who repent from their trust in Him. You broke God's law. Jesus paid the fine, but you must repent. Turn from your sin and trust that He paid that fine for you. Now, three days later, Jesus rose from the grave, proving that He was fully God and fully man. 500 people saw Him after He rose from the grave. Now, why is this so important? It's because you don't want to end up in hell for eternity. It's not just going to be for, for an hour. It's not going to be for a year. It's not going to be for 10 years. It's going to be for more than 100 years, more than a million years. After a million years, you'll still go longer. Now, how bad is hell? Think about this. If you would go to a stove and you would turn it on, would you put your hand on that hot burner? No. Would you put your hand on that hot burner for an hour? For two hours? But what about for a million years? You wouldn't even do it for 30 seconds. And that's what hell and eternity will be like. Even a drop of water in hell would give you hope. So I'm crying out to you today to repent, to turn away from your sin, and trust that Jesus paid that fine for you. Thank you. Amen. So guys, by asking what would cause someone to stay on a train late at night, like I say, if I wanted, what would cause someone to stand in the middle of a train close to midnight, all tired, to tell you how to get to heaven? You see, let me invite you to our world. The Christian world. To we believe the Bible to be true. The Bible says that God has fixed the day in which we judge the world in righteousness. As a Christian, we know that hell is reality. And because we know that, that's why we stand today. Even though people may get angry, may curse at us, may want to hit us, we still stand today and before you to give you the good news. Even though you, like ourselves, broke God's law, and even though your penalty for breaking God's law is out, that Christ died in your place. If you repent today and believe in Christ, then God will forgive you all your sins and grant you the free gift of eternal life. It's a free gift. No one earns it. No one deserves it. But God, who is full of mercy and grace, gives us that free gift. Now it says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your song. It is not as all works, least any man shall boast. So the day you die, the day you stand for God, you can't boast in your works. The only thing you boasted is in Christ. In fact, that Christ paid your fire full. On the cross, Jesus says, is finished, paid in full. That means you have to work your way to heaven. You have to jump through hoops for God to like you. All you need to do is just trust, trust in the Savior. And the moment you do that, God will see you as righteous in His eyes. 
You become a new person. God will take the heart that loves the sin. He will give you a heart that loves him. A heart that loves righteousness. That's what it means to be born again. So, as you, as you reach your destination, as you travel on the D train, know there is a destination for you. You have hell. But today you can, you can go off that road that leads to destruction. Hang on that road, that narrow road that leads to life. Today, today is salvation. And now, it is such a time. What about the man that gained the whole world, but the very end lose his own soul? I want a man in exchange for his soul. God created man in his image. You and I have value. God does not wish that he should perish, but it all should come repentance for those that believe and turn to Christ. Guys, have a good night. It is my prayer that tonight before you lay your hands on your pillow and you cry out to God, you say, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. I broke you, Lord. I deserve help, but Lord, today, at this very moment, I repent and I put my faith in Christ. ...and its consequences, and they've told you what God has done about sin. And they've told you what you need to do about it. But I want to add one more thing. I want to add a sense of urgency. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Any one of us could find ourselves in judgment at any moment. We're just one heartbeat or one lack of a heartbeat away from the grave. So prepare yourself. Today is the day of salvation. Thank you. Amen. That God so highly esteems the name of Jesus Christ, so highly, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to ask you a question. How highly do you esteem the name of Jesus Christ? Do you esteem His name above a swear word? Most people don't. Most people use His name like it's nothing. But friends, God so highly esteems that name, He has said that you will bow your knee to Him. You will bow your knee to Him and you will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My question is, when? When will you bow your knee to Jesus Christ? You can bow the knee to Him today and be saved. Or, or you can wait until you die and then bow your knee to Him but then you will have no salvation. You will have only destruction. You will have the fierce wrath of God to face. But I pray that you would come to your senses, that you would humble yourself today before the mighty hand of God while there is still time, while there is breath in your lungs. You can repent. You can be saved. You can be born again because God is rich in mercy and He is mighty to save all who come to Him on His terms. His terms are repent, turn from your sin, trust in Christ. That when He died, He died instead of you. That when He rose from the dead, He rose so that you might be raised with Him in newness of life. 
Friends, that is good news. Friends, that is the best news. And friends, you need to know. You need to know this news. You need to embrace this news. You need to believe this news. Because it's the only truth. It's the only truth that can keep you out of hell. You say, hell, preacher, that's harsh. No, friends, it's just and it's right. You see, God is holy, holy, holy. And He hates sin so much that He condemns those who sin, those who break His laws. And the problem is, the Bible says this in Psalm 50, that our problem is that we think God is just like us, but He's holy. And if you turn to Him, He's holy, but He's also merciful. Trust in Him today and He will save you because He is rich in mercy and abounding in loving kindness. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful evening. You're listening to Windows Radio. What are your thoughts about the current state of affairs in America? Are we really as bad off as I think? Go to witnesstalkradio.org and give me your take on things. Just comment on this episode post. And if you don't already know, my lovely wife and I are expecting the arrival of our latest bundle of joy any day now. That means that I'll be taking a week off sometime in the near future. Please pray for a safe delivery and a healthy baby. Until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and share the gospel. May God bless you. Witness Radio has been brought to you by the Muniac family.